podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that doesn't consult with its linesmen. This week on Heart and Hand, can we just talk about last week's game? This week a dangerously sexy combination of the old and the new. Old in the shape of our regular ginger correspondent, Mr Scott Vandenacker, going grey with dignity. Evening mate, winter plumage. Winter plumage indeed. And a man that, talking of dignity, a man that we wish would go to Dignitas, yes, it's everybody's favourite pundit, Mark Dingwall. Hello my little ones. Oh for God's sake. That's horrific almost, isn't it? That's scary, isn't it? Hey, have you had the latest? Nope. Michael Barrymore's taking over for Gerard Kelly this year. Why? Apparently once did a lad in. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> because of part of like that, we felt that we had to bring in some new blood. Uh, and if you can imagine that Mark is the John Noakes of this podcast, then our new pundit is the Joey Deacon. It's Stuart McMillan. How you doing, mate? Oi, oi. Stuart's in for Port Glasgow, and he's our, our first, I believe, our first anarcho-communist godless um, panellist. So that's something to, to represent the sort of more out-there wing of the Rangers support. But I think he is looking rather resplendent in his grandmother's hand-knitted orange jumper. Yeah. <laughs> that's fashionable in the port, yeah. right? There's a matching tea cosy somewhere. Does it get King Billy in the back? That's, <laughs> that's what we want to know. Yeah. Bounty have, and uh, Stuart has told us that he's very kindly donating his appearance fee tonight to uh, a speed dealer. Um, so there'll be some bathtub dealer at the back of the port actually will be coming in. If my car's definitely. not up in bricks by the time it's finished, it'll be a result. You just got to sit here and take that? Yes. Ah, fair enough. Okay, I suppose then uh, the, the reason that our intro has went on for a while is that it wasn't exactly the most exciting game to talk about, was it? One each. Um... We weren't the most committed Rangers performance I've ever seen And there are some debates raging about whether Inverness were played as well Or whether we'd one eye on Tuesday night Or I get the feeling that after Sunday All of them thought that there'd be no threat from a home game against Inverness Cali And the attitude wasn't there The best player was Morris Edu who went off at half time The substitutions didn't help either and the second half was just appalling Stuart, you were down at Kilmarnock on Wednesday night Wasn't a great performance was it? So I mean were the signs there that we were perhaps kind of coming into a wee dipping form? Um, it's difficult to say, David, because you have to remember that Kilmarnock, we played a team that really wasn't recognisable. Ah, well, I think the fact that we had Andy Little playing and nobody knows where he plays, and just as you're getting no. really frustrated when you sent me a text saying you're not going to believe the goal that he's just scored. Uh, and when you saw it, it was an incredible finish. Oh, it's a fantastic finish. I was sitting just uh, behind the goal, about 10, 15 rows up, and when he hit it, Wow, the full the full Van Basten from a guy that I really wasn't sure if he was a footballer. No, he's, he's but I don't know where he plays. I mean, I don't know if he's a striker, a left he, back. He was a striker right back, sorry. in the youth team. Then he was our right back when he started playing for us. Remember, he played against Celtic for five minutes. Yeah, right back. Yeah, the two one game. Someone said he was a wide midfielder. So I, I don't I don't know. It's uh, one of Walter's favourite things, and he, he loves getting a player and he goes, he can play in a number of positions, and that scares the shit out of me because whenever I hear that, I just think Ian Murray, he can play in a number of positions badly. Except his natural position. Yeah, but what is his natural position? I think he's a striker. Where does he play for Northern Ireland? MD now? Here, oh. there, everywhere. <laughs> Places like Macedonia. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, you can't win them all. It's fair enough to say And we were going to drop points at some point It's just disappointing It's Inverness again I hate Inverness yeah. But then again If you're going to drop points Would you not rather 
drop them uh, <clears throat> after you've you've got the big result the week before and. You know, and they're down. You know, I mean, you, Mark, you, you, I don't you, like making bargains. Saying, well, if you have to drop points, you, you pick the ones there. Au, au contraire, au contraire. If you're looking statistically, this would have been what the best run of results since like 1898. Mm. So therefore, it's been a remarkable run. We've enjoyed it. Of course, we would have loved to have seen history being made. But and you have to remember that every point we give away to a team like Inverness pushes Aberdeen closer, closer to, to relegation. Well, yeah, that I like. We brought you in for that kind of lateral yes. thinking. There's uh, a lot of um, hatred for Aberdeen in the room tonight, and Stuart's pushed that up quite a lot. Well, I think nobody's going to top Cammy. Um, new listeners, oh, one of our a regular put Cammy a few weeks ago suggested that the play should be lasered off and kicked into the North Sea. We can work on that. Think of that. We can maybe raise funds for it. I'm going to be positive, and I'm going to say. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, I am. <laughs> no, you're not. You are positive. <laughs> so the doctors tell us. <laughs> yes, uh, it was uh, cut myself shaving, etc. Um, I think this is a good time to find out that we're not good enough to coast games. No, we're not. And it's good to get that lesson across to players. Guys like Bruguera, who I love, at the Kelly game, and I'm sure Stuart can back me up, he was careering around, apparently, um, giving the ball away, appearing as a winger. And a few times yesterday, you've got to focus. We're not good enough to win games in the SPL if we're at 50%. Is there a touch of ammo with Bruguera that when he's playing a really big game, he's focused, he's 100% on it, and he's fantastic. When he's playing what he considers games that he can maybe get by and is there a wee element of that that the, the kind of foot comes off the pedal? I've been hearing people uh, raving about Bruguera for the last couple of weeks, and f- from what I've been watching, I see a guy that runs down into cul-de-sacs constantly. See, but have you been hearing that, or has that simply been a, a drug-addled psychosis? That, that's something that we need to know, and these are just the voices in your head that are telling you this, and the fact that you don't think Boogie is a god just scares me. I'm a, I'm a reformed character. I know what's happening these days. <laughs> <laughs> and Boogie was dressed Some like... Some awareness yeah. of the world around. Well, maybe I'm a deformed character. <laughs> <laughs> and Boogie was, dressed, that uh, Boogie was dressed in a green dragon outfit when he was getting down the cul-de-sacs. <laughs> 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 Stay away from me, lads, <laughs> from man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the mind's just trying to think of something interesting, but the mouth's just going... <laughs> <laughs> we um, you know, dropped two points obviously So I think that that, that does show that the title race is going to keep going to the end of the season uh, Well certainly probably March anyway when, when the car park just gets, gets filled up I hate to bring this up but I'm going to have to um, Celtic have been pursuing the SFA um, because they didn't get a penalty And then they were pursuing them because even though they didn't get a penalty They could have had a penalty You'll know the ins and outs of this shite by now But basically what has happened is Hugh Dallas has apparently instructed a linesman to tell a fib about how a decision came about uh, And Celtic are pursuing this Are they right to pursue it? Are we letting our blind hatred of all they stand for And the evil that they represent get in the road of the fact that they were slightly Shafted, or is this just yet more whinnying from a club that should basically be forced to close? My old man used to say to me, if you're going to tell a lie, tell a simple one, because otherwise you're going to get found out. And I think the position of Dallas and McDonald's would appear to be fairly uh, you know, diff- difficult to defend. But in terms of you know what was the core of it was, they got the decision right to start with. Well, that's and what then, makes the lie even more pointless, isn't and then it? They've, they've fumbled the ball, you know. And and again, when you're dealing with people as malevolent as Celtic, then why put yourself in that position? What I don't quite understand is Celtic are claiming this is some sort of victory and relating it to the worldwide Masonic conspiracy, but it wasn't a penalty, mm. and it remains the fact that it wasn't a penalty. But Dougie McDonald should have overruled himself. I think he probably felt that that's a very rare thing in world football, and it might have looked ridiculous just changing his own mind, but. It w- I don't know, he should have just maybe fessed up a bit sooner and not dragged Stephen Craven into it. But 
the fact remains it was never a penalty in a million years, and I don't see why that isn't the salient point still. I think the fact that, that Dallas has, he's, he's really manoeuvred himself into this position, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely he has. I think one thing you've noticed on Celtic websites this week is that they've put us out this list called the top 40 honest mistakes of 2009-10 season, which favoured Rangers and went against Celtic. All right, okay. I always like that. Decisions that, uh, matches that they're not involved in, that yeah. can still come back. Yeah, of course they do. Remember the Kyriakos, the penalty a few mm. years ago? Uh-huh. Right? That was a pure conspiracy against Celtic. You weren't playing. Yeah. You know what you won the end G- of the match? Do you think they're doing a top 40 voice? Number 38, Paul Pickers. Offside goal at Rugby Park. I'm going to start that show. I'd love to be the Casey Kasem with that one. You know, you could be the big hairy arsehole. Remember what Dave Lee Travis was? That could be you. Well, how you know that? Oh, sorry, you're talking about Sorry, right. We're actually going with a kind of 2 2 formation, Baldies versus Harry's, and producer Chris, who looks like a Wookiee. Um, yes. he, he just outhears a lot of us. It's a main. Interestingly, um, you know, we've talked before about Simon Leslie of, of the Blue Order yeah. and his ball shaving. Oh. Do you think that they then resembled Mark and Stewart? Do still get my point. I would have to say, in the end, yes and no. <laughs> Doogie McDonald obviously made a mess of this, which is a fair point, and they shouldn't have lied. However, in relevance to the worldwide Masonic refereeing conspiracy, it's got nothing to do with it. And it proves absolutely nothing in terms of bias towards or against Celtic. Absolutely nothing to do with it. I've always just assumed as a Rangers fan that, you know, Rangers have to play better than most teams, especially in uh, in Scotland, simply because there is a, there's been a constant reign of terror against officials, uh, you know, by Celtic um, for over 100 years. And that therefore, you know, they're absolutely terrified when they come to Ibrox and we never get anything unless it's proved beyond reasonable doubt. Uh, say Celtic fans in the web have, have listed you know, their 40 greatest hits or non-hits you know, when you start mentioning stuff like that, people like Bob McElroy, you know, edits the Rangers story and you know, other gub on the internet if you were to give them those 40 incidents they would go through and give you two or three where Rangers should have got such and such a result from uh, that game or from that official or, you know, I mean you know, the referees have got a difficult enough job. What people are now wanting is absolute infallibility. Now, I've never been in a football referees course. I've been in a rugby referees course. And I tell you, I don't want a referee, even even if there's nobody there to referee to take the game, to put the game on. I don't want to do it because it's so difficult. Rugby poofs game discuss. Gay. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. What? It's the Corinthian code. It's the, the spirit no, of how no, football. This is one of be. your affectations. You would like to like rugby, but at heart you don't. You wish you did. They, they, you wish they, you could stand there at the side. You, you wish you were called Finbar, that you were cuddling some bloke and going, uh, oh, isn't this great and wearing a it's skirt. The, it's the idea of rolling around in mud with. Touching another man's genitals. <laughs> yeah. I suppose yeah. the well, I do that anyway. That's just Saturday night. <laughs> David, are you leaning in my barber jacket? <laughs> See, that's yeah. that is the thing. Yeah. Scott once got chipped out of the rugby for being too enthusiastic. <laughs> I. I, I I was warned about my behaviour at Murrayfield for swearing. <laughs> and also I By your mum. My mum <laughs> was playing. Formidable uh, woman. Formidable woman, yes. Yeah. I suppose one good thing about rugby is it is a game where you occasionally get someone having a broken neck, which is fun. <laughs> we did Bert Troutman. The, the famous yeah. he played on, didn't yeah. he? With his football, broken we neck. done it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, but the one true game, there is a, it's like Lord of the Rings, the yeah. one true game. So they, they don't have a point, and they're whinging paranoid maniacs. Yeah, speak, speaking of rings, uh, Neil Lennon didn't seem too, too happy with it this week, did he? I saw him um, yesterday um, get interviewed for the game, and he'd, he'd put on an orc mask. 
Again? For Halloween, yeah, it seems again. I don't know, yeah. Last time we had a, um, we got abuse on the interwebs um, what? from Celtic fans, and they had a legitimate point, and we did. Producer Chris is looking shocked and, and horrified at me because he nay, didn't nay, and thrice nay. No, mm-hmm. it happened, and we're going to have to issue an apology to Celtic goalkeeper Fraser Forster because we mocked his beat impediment last week, and apparently that's right outside. Sorry. So, can we just say to the Sean's and Timothy's out there, authority, that we might want to speak You know, I, I thought it was like, fair enough to do that because we haven't um, mocked Alan Thompson's no. disability that he's struggling. Absolute bugger of a name if you've got a speech impediment than <laughs> Fraser Foster, Foster, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh. Try again through that one. You've, oh, got to, you've got to feel sorry for the Winter fella. His mum, <laughs> his mum just changed it to Bob the minute it was realised. I think yeah. he was probably called Herman from an early well, age. How he yeah, looks. Yeah. Um, we did play reasonably well during the week at Kilmarnock. We did bring in some some young players, but. I think that Scott touched on there, it comes back to the point that this Rangers team is a very good team, probably better than most give it credit, but it is 16 guys. I, I, we don't have much more strength and depth beyond that. Our squad isn't the strongest and there's certain reasons for that. Not, well, yeah, yeah that, that takes us on to um, Andy Webster. Last week he was put forward to do the press conference on the Tuesday. Apparently, according to Mark Hately's article in the Daily Record, he then limped out of training a couple of hours later, complaining of a sore groin. He's uh, going to be out for the next few weeks. There are rumours. Uh, I spoke to certainly a, a couple of people uh, in and around Ibrox that, that suggest that Webster's injuries aren't quite as bad as uh, as the player himself seems to feel. Uh, and that there's talk that will be bulleted in January. Now, the fact is, two appearances in three years, when he went to Dundee United, he played, I believe, uh, 33 matches, 35 matches. Now, if I was in line to make a start last week, and I hadn't been making a start, and I knew it was going to be a rare opportunity, I would need to have a really serious injury to stop me getting out in the park. Is this guy ever going to make it? I don't know. I'm, well, I'm going to take the opposite point and stand up for Wesley here, because... Seriously, the guy isn't going to call off for no reason. No, but I'm, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is, is that he could have played. What, what, um, what a boring answer for a pod. Fight. Aye, exactly. Fight. answers that. He's, he might be injured. We don't want that. We want some sort think, of... Andy Webster rode your maw. Think of that then, eh? Yeah. It's a bit of a sad case, to be honest, that we're actually even thinking that a, a Rangers player would, would do that. At the end of the day, this guy will be on huge bonuses. So even if he was... Uh, you know, motivated by something other than sporting excellence, I don't think he would feign injury. And uh, if you look at the guy's career, he has been fairly, fairly injury prone. Whatever club he's been with, I know, but not, notwithstanding his, his period in loan. Last week made me think, though. Right, come on. I mean, there's unlucky, and then I mean that is spectacular. That's like losing your winning lottery ticket, and then being you know gang busted by a, a, a group of drug dealers on the way out the house it's, it's very unlucky also the Hately article there's no way Hately's article doesn't have at least the tacit knowledge of the manager's office at Ibrox you have to remember we all, we've already had all this with Chris Burke Chris Burke a few injuries and he's been accused of it was that trying. haircut well David accused him of a few things but it wasn't being injured no I, I, I mean what was all that about get your haircut yeah. you know I'm not going to cut my hair until... So I, no, uh, producer Chris has got the, the libel mask on again. I'm not going to say anything. But uh, I'm just saying that that wasn't a haircut that you would expect no. for a straight and lusty fella. Correct. 
I'm suspicious to be honest. I, I'm with David in this. A, because I don't particularly like Andy Webster, and B, because I think it adds but saliciousness. Did he ride your well, yeah, he did, certainly did. I think he was injured. He was about to ride my mom, he was injured. Your mom was all dressed up, <laughs> gone on a date. And, and he, he showed <laughs> Broken hearted. And he pulled a groin that, that day. Um, I just think for the sake of the pod as well, thank you for trying to, We have to have a reputation as being the bad boys of, of whatever it is we do. What is it we do? I don't know, I'm not sure. It's an alternative the to mainstream. Boys, I mean, <laughs> some, some, some of the stuff that's been going on here about threatening is a custard pudding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we are the alternative to the mainstream, apparently. And again, kudos to Mark for making custard pudding sound sinister. Yeah. <laughs> How does he do that? Can you imagine? I'd love to see Dingwall. Is read, it custard? I would custard. love to see Dingwall reading it at uh, <laughs> a, a, a church. Right. <laughs> All things bright and fucking beautiful, by the way. I think Mark Mrs. Connie should have been a baddie in Taggart. I don't think so. I don't think in this day and age you can get away with it in terms of the, the medical staff that we now, after many years of uh, of it being a, a bit of a, a black hole at Ibrooks, you know, the number of back. Sorry, backroom staff that we've got. Uh, I don't think it's uh, at all tenable that it, that it, that would go unnoticed, unmentioned, and I just don't think that Walter would put up with. I think the guy would be out in his backside long before now. Uh, I think the the feeling was though that when he arrived back last season, that things had changed and he was coming back. He was fully fit. I mean, he was a player of the year nomination, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and he, he's arrived back. It hasn't happened for one reason or another. He was very shaky against Infernalin. Uh, he didn't have a great game that night. He obviously didn't play the other night. And as I say, I just keep coming back to the fact that Hately is, he, you know, he does have an in, the, the manager's office at Ibrox. And I don't believe that stuff goes into that column that they're not aware of that's that's going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a blow because I, I fit on form an on-song Andy Webster. We would be hopefully bringing him in and easing Davey Weir out. He could have been there for, for years mm-hmm. and it's just not happened. No, I, th- I think he definitely won't get his contract renewed. And whatever the truth of the matter is, I don't think we'll see him. Again, I think he'll be released either in January or the summer, which is a shame, maybe for the player in the club, but it's not going anywhere, I don't think. Andy Webster at Rangers. I think he had his big chance against Dunfermline, and he really had a terrible game that night. Yeah, I thought he was responsible for the two goals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but as you think, of young guys come into the team that night and play, and if you can't look comfortable and express yourself on a 7-2 win, when are you going to? Yeah. Spears of the Week is the award that we hand out every week to the person who's made the biggest James Hunt of themselves in the world of soccer over the past seven days. Named in honour of the former sports writer who used to see on prestigious programmes such as STV Sports Bulletin, where he would pretend to be more uh, more interesting and more educated than the drunk people who would phone in. Uh, but he's now found a home where he can talk to drunk people on Radio Clyde. Speaking of which... Um, Radio Clyde, uh, they're in a bit of a quandary this week, are they not, with the Hugh Dallas thing, because Shug's a bit of a friend of the show there, uh, and now they've got Mark Guidi on the one hand, who basically wants him taken out and shot, uh, and then they've got, you know, Big Hugh coming in and going, but I work here. <laughs> what are they going to do? Well, I think their loyalty to Celtic will probably win it. Yeah, it'll probably end. prevail. <laughs> Scott, uh, this is your part of the show. Scott loves this. It uh, was. If you're a new listener. Well, he, every week Scott comes in with, with multiple entries. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Quality in you. You wish. Yeah. And uh, this is his section. So, Mark, if you want to hear about the Guatemalan second division, here's your man. All right. I'm, I'm slightly ha- happy tonight, folks, because Fraser's not here, because he wins when he's here. He does. 
Secondly, last week, in the midst of the mayhem of the old firm victory, I threw in a couple of worthy, dry and worthy ones. Worthy candidates. So I'm feeling under a bit of pressure. I texted David to say that I want my title back. He then reminded me that it was Fraser's. <laughs> yeah, really. we're going to win it anyway. So, under a bit of pressure. But I've got three tonight, okay? I'd like to start with a gentleman called Tongo Hamed Dumbia. Right. <laughs> right, you know how last week you said, why don't you, rather than go for boring ones, why don't you just make them up? I think he's taking you up yeah, on it. Made up name. Could I make that up? Tongo. Tongo Hamad Dumbia. Is this guy like the sort of Asian wing of the Wimbledon Common Clean-Up Wombo Gang? Um, I mean, you can just imagine the people sitting at home thinking, aye, well done, Scott, I was going to see him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not come up on the Facebook yet, strangely, you know. Um, what did right. Tongo do? He was playing for Ren. Against Law in the Le Championnat in France. Oh, very good. And he gets sent off after 147 seconds. That's quite impressive. Which is two minutes and uh, 27 seconds oh. after coming on. Arithmetic as well. Yeah, it's good. And that is the record for in uh, French top flight football. So well done, Tongo. Right. right. I would also like to point out, just t- taking us in a bit of an aside, I've been on holiday, um, you know, with Scott and his good lady in France, and Scott's wife is fluent in French, and Scott wishes he was fluent in French, so what yeah. he tends to do is that he talks in a comedy French, like the bloke from Hello Hello, thinking that, the, not realising that, of course, everybody in France speaks English, so they all realise what he's doing. So walking in a supermarket, dropping one word in, going like, ah, we should buy Le Pen, in this French accent, and they know. However, that guy Rennie was delighted that ran that Coffee. Yeah. He understood everyone. He that understood. Was saying. Yeah. But uh, we did actually see a porn magazine uh, in France called Top Model Anal, and it was a lie because when we put it up, there was no top models <laughs> in that. There's plenty of the other words, but certainly no Linda Evangelista. No. Anyway, right, Tongo, 227 seconds sending off. 147 seconds, my friend. Sorry. Second of all, also from French top flight, but um, I quite like You just this bought one. Le Keep this week? No. Um, I couldn't read it as you told <laughs> everybody, right? Um, Jean Pascal Mignon. <laughs> He plays for Auxerre. Auxerre are in the first Champions League campaign for a number of years. And Jean Pascal managed to get sent off for two yellow cards whilst on the bench. Right. Not warned, not one yellow card. He gets sent off for two yellow cards. First of all, He's a wank. You know, um, <laughs> keep warm. he went mental at the fourth official f- over Ajax's time wasting and jostled him, got booked. He then had a bib on, he was getting ready to come on, he did one of those luminous bibs. And the fourth official told him to take it off so they could see, check his number, and he said no. He got a bit heated, and he jostled the guy again and told him to F off. Second yellow, off. Didn't he think, though, that at some point he was going to have to take the bib off? It is, it is traditional, is it not, when entering the field of play and not be wearing a training Respect to Mundo for the nuttery. Yes, <laughs> I think he just thought he would uh, shrug. And the winner for me is a young lady. You're not partial to young ladies, David. Right, mate. Let's just get back to fat back. Well, um, she's called Perla Marmol, okay, and she's Paraguayan, and she was kidnapped, okay. Her brother's professional. She's fr- called Panty Marmol. Perla Marmol. Okay. Right, okay. Her brother plays for Atlante in Mexico, <laughs> and he gets sent home to deal with the kidnapping situation. His his sister, his beloved sister, had gone missing. Forty thousand pounds they wanted, David. Forty thousand pounds. Yeah, I assume that's a lot of money in Paris. The police, the police investigated at her brother's behest. Dug a bit deeper. She wasn't really kidnapped. <laughs> it was kind of her. She wanted money off her brother, so she pretended to get kidnapped. <laughs> And then turned up sheepishly and said she kind of made it up to get money, but didn't want to get arrested. And sorry if everyone had been actually looking for her. 
He wasn't mispleased, David. See if that one's true and you haven't yes. made it up because I'm beginning to suspect that you've been drinking from Stuart's cup and that's why you've gone rogue. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think in this case it's just, you know, stay away. If he says to get share, but just stay real, well clear. You'll not sleep okay. the night. Um, I do like that. It's, could we fake a kidnap? You know, could, could we see, could we see play by media that, that Cammy's gone missing? And they'd pay what for him? 20 quid. I don't think they'd look for him, David, honestly. No, I don't know. Unless they'd find him if his guy's getting hugged by other guys <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> we, could, we could send bits of him into the guys yeah. at Playback Media <laughs> going, this Cammy's thumb. Yeah. Okay, you're in the running. I'll give you, I can't say fair on that, you're in the running. Thank you. Debutant, Stu, knock us out. Billy Dodds. <laughs> what did he do now? I hate Billy Dodds. <laughs> I really hate Billy Dodds. And stop there. <laughs> well, He's no wise, is he? Basically, I take my radio to the game every week. Because I like to hear about, well, Fitbar. I'm from Port Glasgow, so I hate Morton. Right. <laughs> so I take, I take my radio to the game every week. Is that basically admitting that you quite like St Mirren then by default? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them as well. He told us all yesterday about how delighted he was about uh, Inverness Seatwiser. So if that is what, if that is the man that we've got sticking up for Rangers in the media... Yeah, the thing about Billy Dodds is, is the Rangers fans sort of gave him a, a deep... We felt he was being a wee bit badly treated by Dick Advocate um, yeah. when Advocate basically bombed him out. But it turns out that Advocate was a visionary. And yeah. every week that that wee juggered bastard goes on the radio and sucks right up the arse of Richard Gordon et al. And it's an absolute disgrace. What did Advocate actually do to him? They kind of just adopt him. I've got another f- four fantastic... Billy Dodds Reasons for Billy Dodds being a twat. <laughs> right, go on. <laughs> you don't need four, but yeah. Me 2010. Mark Antoine Fortuny is a better striker than Kenny Miller. He didn't say no. that, did he? Oh, yes. Oh, February 2010. This year, Rangers have had more decisions than Celtic. There's no doubt when you look back at it. October 2010, when he got bumped out of Dundee, he was moaning about the Dundee board and trying to get sympathy for all the Dundee players who were on the dole. Well, we'll take Lee Griffiths. Yeah. He slagged off the board, but he refused to name any names. <laughs> and then... Well, they might employ him again. You've got to be then, careful. Then the presenter asked, asked Billy Dodds what he was going to do, and he says, I'm going to go on holiday. And this <laughs> was after moaning about everybody else going on the dole. Well, it's nice of him. esque February 2009, the, the, the game we lost 6-2 at Parkhead, Billy Dodd said, the atmosphere was incredible, Parkhead was rocking that day, <laughs> it was mayhem, but I loved it. <laughs> and well, then he wonders why, he genuinely does wonder why Rangers fans hate him. Turncoat. Uh, and I know, I know we're not allowed to say some words. But it rhymes with bongo, yeah. I would definitely agree with that one. Right, that's got to say, see for a debut. No, it wasn't he came one. prepared. It's, I hate him. Do you know I hate most of Billy Dodds? The we- fact that he's going to cost you Spears of the Week because Sue's a stick on for it now. Yes. Right. Well, she never mentioned him. Nah, he's yeah. going to win. Beginner's luck, possibly. Beginner's luck. Mark. Ah, let's just cut to chase. Mark nominates, as usual, the entire Celtic support. And all of them. Well, actually, I'm, I'm actually feeling quite sort of fatherly towards one of the journalists in the News of the World this week. Go on. It's, it's, it's not a real, you know, it's not a real entry. Um, but I've it's heard like, that before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, pin back your luck. Every, <laughs> Every week. It's so natural, I don't, even need yeah. to, I don't even need to make up the innuendos. But it's just, you know, sometimes you see people saying things or writing things, you think, you shouldn't do that. You know, honest to God, you know, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So John McGarry in the News of the World described Niall McGinn as the Northern Irishman. And you're just oh, like, yeah. oh, 
John, you shouldn't have done that. Yep. The Gallagate Brigade of the Provisional <laughs> IRA are now hunting you down for selling out the Republic. Yes. He is Northern Irish, is he not? Listen, according to these punters, there's no such place as Northern places, Ireland. You know, I mean, it might be at the north of the map and all the rest of it, and we can spot it for them. No, it doesn't exist. Is that actually a picture of a famous Celtic fan in the front cover of News of the World as well today? And yes. his wife Rose West. Yeah. And his wife Rose. Yeah. Stuart, uh, you got very excited about the serial killer DVD giveaway in the News of the World, did you not? <laughs> yes. Who's your favourite serial killer? Oh, definitely Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jeffrey Dahmer man. Because he looks like, uh, you know, do you remember the guy a couple of weeks ago uh, who didn't even know that the Melchester Rovers top was, even though it was wrote on it? Gordon Reid. Yes, Gordon Reid. He does a bit. He does. He does a bit. So, Gordon Reid, if you're out there, no wonder you couldn't no. read because no. you've spent the last 27 years incarcerated in Broadmill. Yeah. I can't remember quite what game it was. It was a game at, pa- sorry, it was a game at Hamden just after some of the Fred West revelations had come out. And... Rangers fans were singing Fred West as a Celtic fan mm-hmm. because Fred had claimed that he met his first wife Rita and first made love to her in the centre spot at, at Parkhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Yes. Look, looking in interwebs, Fred was a Tim. Can I just um, point? Have him. Can I just point out that my granddad's car was stolen from outside his house in 1986, and Fred West stayed not 400 miles away. Coincidence? No smoke without fire. No right? smoke without fire. Uh, I rest my case. <laughs> case, case well rested. Okay, uh, debut winner this week. Well done, Stuart. Billy Dodds is this week's players of the week. Given the BBC a one-two after Richard Dick Gordon yep. was uh, was the winner last week. When are we producing these hang Billy Dodds t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> I, if there's a market for them, we've been listening to the yeah. heart and hand the, the heart and hand listenership. And speaking of which, that takes us on very nicely to this week's postbag. You can get in touch with us. This isn't a closed shop. We want to hear from these people, don't we? Well, we're not going to... No, we don't. I mean, not, not, they don't, not face to face. No, no. Certainly not face to face. Don't phone us. Don't, you know, if you see us in the, in, in the street, I just leave us in peace. But we want to hear from you through the medium of the Tinter web. Yes. And you can get in touch with us at ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. That's ibroxrocks, R-O-C-K-S, at playbackmedia.co.uk. You can get in touch with us through... The, the Facebook, the Facebook. Um, They've made a movie about the Facebook Because of Heart and Hand That, my friends, is a fact Do you know what I said to Gabs in an argument That's Faith of Facebook we should, we should have a section called Faith of Foster Mispronunciation <laughs> um, I, I was arguing with a guy last week And I said, fact, at the end of a sentence And he went, that's not a fact And I was just stood there stunned going I bet he, saw you, he thought you'd said fact <laughs> <laughs> I'd said fact, which is an argument closer and the guy just stood there and went, no. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand, I'm leaving now. Right, I've said fact. It's had funny. a guy in the pub told you the fact? See if the guy in the pub had told me the fact, I wouldn't even have bothered talking to this I person. So, yeah. Oh, Brian, I love man in the pub facts. Man in the pub facts are just, they're, they're insurmountable. That's how the law courts, the courts of law settle things that way in the end. See if a bloke in the pub had told you how to make your own spaceship, Britain would have a man on the moon tomorrow night. Correct. Fact. The, the Facebook... Facebook. Uh, first of all was uh, Navjeet Purawal to tell us about the Valencia meet now. We're a wee bit hostage to fortune here, but basically, uh, because by the time most of you come to listen to that, but there is a meet, you can find out more about it. It's on the internet, uh, and you'll find it also on Mark's website, which is... Rather good. 
www.followfollow.com Have you noticed, by the way, right, www has got nine syllables and takes far longer to say than World Wide Web. Yeah. yeah. We should just say World Wide Web, it would be quicker. Because it's not really short for World Wide Web. It's not short for World Wide Web, and it takes three times as long to say. you get too much time in your hands, man. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me about it. Right, Russell Thompson, on the back of Scott's musical masterpiece on this week's pod, may I suggest a collaboration with Scott, his xylophone, and the guys who do the H&H podcast music to make a Christmas heart and hand jingle. Maybe Cammy or Mark could throw in some vocals. It would be special, to say the least. Well, it would be a few specials. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I think Russell may be sadly deluded. Uh, um, I should also point out, it wasn't, was it, a, a xylophone? It was a glockenspiel. It was a glockenspiel. What's the, Chris, what's the difference between a xylophone and a glockenspiel? Glockenspiel's got metal bits and a xylophone's wooden. Right. I to see, we should have him on the pod rather than just making it all happen. We should, have, Patrick, we should <laughs> have Patrick Moore on the, the yeah. xylophone. Isn't he slightly deep? Fantastic. Is Patrick Moore still alive? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Don't you watch t- uh, BBC One? I'm not a speed freak. Oh. I'm asleep at that time. I like mate. what. Don't you? Well, you should watch Stuart's, it. Uh, Stuart's obviously right. obsessed by Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> David, he was on. Uh, Patrick Moore was on One with in the Danny moment. Dyer. No. It was Danny Dyer investigated space travel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best show I've ever seen. And he interviewed Patrick Moore. And he came out and he said. Fucking hell, my head hurts. My head hurts now. It was just totally superb. Did you see him? That up there. Moon. That up there. Planet. Made of cheese. <laughs> Clangers over there. Clangers. Well naughty. Well okay. naughty. Um, uh, Thomas McCabe actually did say, I suppose the question everyone's lit after this week's broadcast is when is uh, Scott Van Der Acker going on tour round the drinking dens with the Thornley boys? Ready done it. <laughs> you and the Thornley boys. I was, oh man, we've got 20 pints of export, we're going to have a right good nine, Scott. Going, you couldn't get me a fondant fancy in my latte, yes. could you? I have backed up the Thornley boys on many an occasion. Good God, not while I've got breath in them. Uh, Robert Highland, a good topic discussion. What uh, must you do to earn a red card for filling a Rangers player in an old firm match? Blackstone and that greasy-haired Greek bastard all should have walked over the last few weeks for disgraceful tackles. Wilshire was sent packing for a silver throw uh, to Stokes and that is true, Jack Wilshire, a few weeks ago for the Arsenal game. I think that for a Celtic player to be sent off in the opening 10 minutes of an old firm game, he would have to get his wanger out, rub it all over one of your players' faces and then make a beeline for the rain in the crowd. I and think, yeah. Still a yellow, I think it? he would have to bury someone in a shallow grave in the centre circle. I, yeah. I don't even I think he, Fred he West tried that Fred, 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 Fred and Rita tried that the, the Fred West circle yeah, yeah. you know how they sponsor bits you've got the, the Lisbon Lions mm. stand and yeah. they should have the Fred West yeah. circle at Parkhead okay then has anyone seen Rita since that night by the way she's still there well Stuart Brown in response to, to that point from Robert which is a good point Robert um, a Celtic fan can say hi but we are still brilliant and you are just big cheaters because you are just pure, pure dirty hunting that. I know the refs love you and hate us because we're proud to be Irish and that and then you would say back, does it matter that the referee was a Roman Catholic religious education teacher? No. Which <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> is probably true. Scott, you tried to, to talk to the to talk to the people out there. Try to basically steal my thunder because my audience. Right. And yeah. You know, yeah. to Cammy's tried this as well. I'm not happy. Yeah. I prefer Mark. Mark set up his own website, right? Um, which we're coming to because we've made it redundant. But Scott Van Den Acker about yesterday, not uh, good enough to me players still basking me warm gloves scalping the Tims. We never turned up today. We never turned up today. Grammar police, grammar police. Um, in return to that, Billy McGinty, totally I agree with Luke Zoe. We had one eye on Tuesday. Uh, William Kelly, the first half hour of the second half is probably the worst 30 minutes we've had all season. Began I used to concentrate on defending rather than running up the pitch. Sure, it's entertaining, but we've only got one goal advantage. We should be keeping the back line solid. 
Uh, more stuff on the Webster. Gary Love. Like that, he could be. It's Gary Love. It's Gary Love. It's a good thing, yes, it is. It's a Gary Love thing. He's G Love. He is with special sauce. He's Glove and special sauce. Yes, right, Mister Glove. We want you to do the theme music. It's hard man. What makes we love you, baby? Oh yeah. Can you imagine putting us on in the background while you're trying to get oh crack one out with the misses? No, it's a football content in this podcast. I love. Yes, we've done a lot of football occasionally. Yeah. Um, it's something I've been wondering myself After seeing and meeting Andy on the team's pre-season tour of Oz Stealthy Stealthy I know Gandhi Webster I live in Australia mm. uh, I thought he played well and we'd be taken up for the start of the season I thought by the year he stands up like Naismith But since the start of no the season, no sign of him Blair McLaughlin said players with injury history will always pick up niggles Unless they're, that's niggles, unless they're playing regularly Webster proved that last season um, Angus Lyon <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've got G-Love and a lion Right. <laughs> is this just you, right, Scott? Are you just hello, <laughs> <laughs> my Togo McSorley? I've, I've, I've heard oh, God, it's McKinley. I go on in about eight hundred different people on Facebook and find <laughs> <in> myself. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Vanderacker's yeah. great. He should have a more prominent role yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like. Well, yeah. uh, Eli said, "I think Chick Young has been listening to the Old Firm co- uh, podcast just on how many Celtic players would get into an Old Firm eleven. None, none. <laughs> we done that. We covered that last week. Jamie Doyle, the legend that is Jamie Ross Doyle." Um, does anyone else think the Facebook is so uh, getting so popular that Mr. Dingwall's website may become nothing? Yes. The Facebook loyal. Dingwall, your time's up. Yep. You got to go when you got to go. That's it. Right. You were at the top of your game for years. Um, Stuart, who joins us tonight, is the only admin uh, ever banned from follow follow. Is that correct? <laughs> well, let's, well let, let's not go into that in case the lawyers are listening. <laughs> yes, uh, it was the time when after a, a, a rather famous Blue Peter presenter um, unfortunately passed away at a tragically young age, and Stuart sent round a um, make your own gravestone <laughs> black plastic kit. Can I just say, in fact, Stuart's been banned more than once. Yes, I remember actually on the highly royalist follow follow when the Queen Mother died and there was still steam coming off her body and he'd, he was banned for a gag about her and uh, last from Scott Gibson did I hear on the last pod that Mr E can write a book but can he drive a car that's shameful as a newly qualified, uh, qualified driving instructor I'd like to offer you a free lesson anytime you're in Kent oh shoehorn right in there <laughs> as you know I can't win a competition but I can pan a, pass a test Kent he should change his name yeah. to Big Jock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we've got glove special sauce and a lion, a lion yeah. we could receive a big jock from Ken. Uh, what I would say to you, Scott Gibson, is that uh, driving's for girls. It's as simple as that. And, uh, you know, some of us are, are born to drive. People like Mark, Scott, Lord Orders. Uh, and people are born to be driven. People like me, the Queen, Alan Sugar. Fair enough. Right, so. Uh, but thank you very much for your kind offer. Uh, and we do have a competition. This week that, that was seamless I was actually thinking that like was, I knew what I was doing there Didn't I That yep. was brilliant right. It was a segue This week's competition Competitions Dear readers uh, Are the Are good This week's competition Has been organised And will be administered By Mr Scott Van Der Acker. Thank you very much folks good. When we launched Heart and Hand, I always envisaged a, a large role for Scott. Uh, I envisaged a large role for Mark, but he ate it uh, right at the start of the first one. <laughs> Scott got a role, hey? Yeah, Scott got a role, you get nothing. Uh, and, and Stu, you've just, all you've basically been allowed is a, a little ice lolly. Um, however, Scott 
he sold me on the idea of competitions. I don't think anyone would enter, and they did enter. So, I'm going to let him have another one. Bandy, take it. Okay. Thank you, David. I've actually, the reason David was won over for the competition idea was the fact that the prizes were free. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right, so, um, continuing that theme, I've got, two, I've got a competition and a half. Do you know what would make a good prize? What? A book about Rangers by a Rangers fan. But what it's like to be a Rangers fan. But recently. In fact, not, not in the 20th century. Maybe it would been blue in the 21st century. There's no such book. Well, actually, luckily there is. It's called right. 21st Century Blue, Being a Bear in the Modern World, by myself, and it's available on all, uh, in all good bookshops and from the Tinterweb. Thank you. Thanks. That was not gratuitous at all. Not you at all. Know. I thought that was great. Right, competition and a half. The half competition is, I've got some commando books lying about the house. Right. <laughs> is that what you call them? Yeah, 12 of them, right? They're fantastic. So quickly, just to get them out of the house... Tell me, our readers, it's a three-part you, question, You know, right? I would actually, I would actually like to read yeah. them, but I was sitting there, everybody around the table's going, I'd like Ach, to read them. Achtung, Spitfire. Yeah. I learned yeah. German from yes. that. German guys, when they get shot, the, the, right? No, well, that, that's the it's question. question. Sorry. It's a tiebreaker as well, for God's sake. Sorry. It's a rabble. Right, the, before we talk about Commando books, can I just say, the question is three parts, okay? First part, <laughs> what do Germans say when they die? Right. What do Japanese people say when they die? Right. right? And I want exclamation marks, and I want all the extended vowels. I, I nearly gave the ghost away there. Yeah, I want to be as close as possible to what they say. The tiebreaker is this, okay, because a lot of you might get this, right? The tiebreaker is this. Mark is the oldest among us, and the most mature and distinguished, isn't he? He is. He's also been in the Sex Offenders Register longest. <laughs> That's true. Why was he first put on it? <laughs> right. I want your answers, folks. That's the tiebreak question, okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> See next week can I can I put up one must find Haskell books as a prize? Yes. <laughs> That's the question that I'm looking forward to. Okay then, right. so Scott's competition right. to win a dozen commando books. Yes. Is it one book with a dozen commando things in it? Is no, it that it's one? It's separate keeper? small commando booklets. Where did you get them? Not from when you were a kid, are they? No, I bought them recently. <laughs> You're kidding me on. No. Right? It's a long story about me being an arsehole. Right, okay. <laughs> um, and it's not the only one. Um, now, the proper competition. The proper competition, okay, is to win a fantastic book called The Ball is Round by David Goldblatt, and it's the history of all football ever. The ball is round. Mm-hmm. No, that's a different no. thing. It's an excellent read. Um, With a many other... <laughs> Sorry, no, that's saying heavy, he's my brother. It gets a bit bogged down in the middle. Some bits a bit like CONCACAF. Coming into existence in the 1930s, gloss over that. There's some good bits he, at the World Cup. He likes shit like that. He's sitting there going, oh, d- d- never mind the boring bits, the well thumbed bits, the bits that are the stains. The well thumbed bit with the stains on it. Because he's brought his own rope and he's using it. Right. But go on. Now, David texted me today and said, keep it. Now, I think this is patronising, folks, and I want you to know what David thinks of you, okay? He said, keep it simple or they'll not get it. I don't think that. I think you're all really clever out there, okay? In Podland, I think you're genius. Top scorer in the New Zealand Sec division last season. Wait no, see. two things, okay? And you'll come on, you'll get it, folks, right? Firstly, who's the first Rangers player to ever to get capped, and who against? First ever Rangers player to get capped, and who's it against? Can I just do though a quick? Just this is an easy question. Hands up around the table. Who knows that? Everyone uses Google. They're going to cheat anyway. Right. <laughs> What's the point? Then you might as well just because say our assistant manager is Ali. Who? Because they're Protestants, and I don't want them to cheat. Right. Okay. But they will. I'm saying right. Secondly. What's the oldest football club in existence that's still playing professional football? I know that. The oldest football club in existence, and not Sheffield FC, because they play in like the Sheffield 8th Division. Still professional, still playing football in the Football League. What's the oldest team? Okay. If you get both those right, I'll make up another random tiebreaker based on how nice you are to me. Okay. So the first competition is to be commando books. Right. And your okay. entry. And what's the question? 
And that was again, how do Germans die? How do Japanese people die? No, what do they say when they die? What do they say when they die? And how do you spell it, including exclamation marks? Don't kill a German or a Japanese no, person. Just to see this. Yeah. And then, it'd be like Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah, killed a I man. shot a man who was German just to hear the noise he made <laughs> when he died. And then I wrote it down phonetically. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, um, the tiebreaker wise mark in the sixth fenders register. Right. And the next um, com- uh, competition will be marked the ball is round. And it's the serious one. And that's who's the first Rangers player ever to be captain, who against, and what's the oldest football club in existence that's still playing professional football. And thank you. Over to David. We got through that. I think, David, it went well. We did. So, uh, to enter the competition, uh, get in touch with us. You can email us at ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. That's ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. Uh, you can post your answers on the Facebook, but it would be a bit stupid because everyone will see them. Yeah. Um, so, although we would like to hear your why is Mark on the Sex Offenders Register on the Facebook. I think they, they need to go into public domain, Stu. Would you? Like? I suppose it's pointless for me asking for a disclaimer at this point. Purely. Retain my somewhat damaged yeah. image. Sorry, Mark has been off the sex offender register for the last eighteen minutes. Yes. Yes. minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Mark Mark Dingwall has never been on the sex offender register. No, it's for the gift of comedy. But if folks, he, was, he was, what would he have done? And nothing that we don't no, hear any serious. No. Don't don't you say he would abduct <laughs> a woman in a park? <laughs> see if shovels are mentioned. Yeah. Just back off, folks. Eh? Well, that's such a relief. Okay, uh, and. I think that's us for this week um, By the time you hear this Valencia game will have come and gone Let's hope we have had a victory in that so, Hooray or boo Yes, or depending on Well done Rangers That was shite Rangers Or uh, unlucky jails uh, Quick predictions for the Valencia game Scosh One each Stuart Zero two Mark I have no idea I mean I'll be in the isolation ward In the Peterhead prison <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> I think we'll lose now I think we'll lose 1-0 uh, All that remains for me to do then Is to thank our producer Christopher Osborne To thank my guest Mr Scott Vandenacker As to believe Debutant Mr Stuart McMillan Oi oi And Mr Again. Mark Dingwall Pleasure's been all mine Okay we'll thank our executive producers In London Mr Mike Lee Mr Paul Myers My name's David Edgar I'm trying to sell some books Please buy one And we'll talk to you all again Next week Cheers Bye This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at ibroxrocks.com. If you'd like to sponsor or advertise on this podcast, please call our marketing partners Sports Revolution on 0207 580 2850 or drop them a line at info at sportsrevolution.co.uk. Podcast Network.